When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Better never rest. Again and careless in the sky. What a thrilling time to be alive. I'm muted. How about that? Uh, great way to start the show. Ominous signs here just on this Sunday night. I was trying to tweet it out as we were coming in, but welcome to the Georgia show Sunday night. Uh, it is uh, it is our only night show of the week. We're excited. Me, Rusty, Jake Roost, you see us all here. We're sorry you have to look at us, all of us except Rusty. Um, Tired. He, you know, he's uh, it's just been listen, it's been a long weekend. We've had a lot to cover. Uh, you know, a lot of you saw the show we did yesterday morning with uh, Traveris Robinson joining Georgia staff, Will Muschamp going into the off field staff. Uh, you know, I'm sure that's going to come up tonight. Georgia had a massive, massive. Uh, recruiting weekend this past weekend with like Rusty said he, he said that he was talking with Chad Simmons and I don't know that I've ever seen a recruiting list where every single kid on that recruiting list could could you know commit oh, it was a take real, real take a real take 100% and Rusty Mattel take a real and then uh you know listen we there's a new phase of the offseason coming like it's classes have started and and everything's in place and and all of that stuff but Hey, we're here now. You know, we're we're the winter workouts are about to get begin. And that's where I want to start tonight, Rusty. Is um, you know, listen, Georgia's adding coaches and adding players, and Jake Pope committed, and and you know, Traveris Robinson joined the staff and all of that stuff. But man, championships are won and lost with what Scott Sinclair um is about to start doing with this Georgia football team. And I think that honestly, it's one of the more it's one of the more least covered parts of the whole off season, but I do believe it may be the most important. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you're not gonna, you're, it's a, God, don't let me make it sound like a coach. That's a process. <laughs> it's a process. You know what I mean? And it's like, it starts right now. So the 2024 season for the university of Georgia starts right now and uh, winter workouts, you know, people are, um, you know, getting their bodies ready for spring practice. A lot of new, a lot of new people uh, on this roster. Going to be some new coaches and all these things. You start looking at everything together, and um, you uh, you understand that the season starts basically. From my understanding, I think their first. Uh, God, that makes me nervous, even or just nauseous thinking about it. Their first six a.m. workout, I think, is Thursday or Friday. That's a Kirby special Friday morning at 6 a.m. Just 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 enough to just stick a dagger in your Thursday night plans. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Kirby's not dumb. He's a former player. He knows uh, Thursday nights are nights that probably the best decisions aren't made. So we're going to get you in bed early and have you running uh, bleachers and stuff in Sanford Stadium bright and early on Friday mornings. But you're right, uh, Ro, there. You're right that uh, this, those winter workouts are where a lot of things are built. I would love to have like a um, – 
Bruce, you would love this as well. Wouldn't you like to have like some of these freshmen mic'd up that first workout? Like, Ooh. hey, I didn't talk about all this. And where I thought y'all going to golf cart me to the stadium. I didn't say you're going to have to walk from the from the butch mirror all the way to the stadium. You know what I mean? What happened to that, that cart full of, you know, people are chauffeuring me around? Uh, that, that I don't know how entertaining huffing and puffing will be. Yeah. That, that, well, that, 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 uh, that, those trash cans would be uh, not going to be. Uh, no, 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 no stakes up in the club level. I don't no. think after practice on Friday. No, no, none of that. <laughs> I'm gonna be clapping when you pull up in the parking lot. You know that D yeah. recruitment. That D recruitment is for real. Yeah. So. Yeah, and, and then when you look at that, when you look at kind of that winter workout phase and the next phase of offseason, what comes with it is, from the team perspective, things get quiet. From the recruiting perspective, things really, really pick up, and. Um, what we saw this past weekend, I mean, Chad Simmons, God, I mean, just one of the, the one of the best to ever do it. Um, already with an with an update on Elijah Griffin, who was in town this past weekend. Rusty, you have said on multiple occasions, Sky George has got to have in this class. Yes. Why do you say that? Because you never do. You never say that. Because what has separated Georgia? And I think I'll ask both of you what has separated Georgia last three or four years from people, and it's been their defensive line. And we made no bones about it. They they did not have the depth this year, and that played a part in the second half of Alabama. Um, they did not have the depth, and they, and they had some young guys that weren't quite ready. But I think I've done this long enough, and both of you as well have covered long enough those easy ones. You know, and I I don't know the better easier, and I don't know another term other than you go see him and go, oh yeah, that that's a no, that dude's a no brainer. Like that's a He's a no-brainer. And then I talk to people, you know, at Savannah Christian and uh, what type of kid he is, and then you watch him in person, and there's only so many of those per class. Well, lo and behold, Georgia's got about three of them in state, and it's been a long time, boys. It's been a long time. And I'm not taking anything away from some of the guys in the other classes, but it's been a long time since it's been this deep at O-line and D-line in the state of Georgia. And I bet Kirby Smart and Trey Scott and all those guys, Stacy Searles, everybody's just, you know, happy as can be because they got a chance to fight their ass off in state and, and not have to go to New Jersey or not have to go to Seattle to get Killer Ringo or go, you know, God knows where to get a player. Those key positions and wide receivers a little over 2025. I want to get off the subject, but to answer your question, man, Elijah Griffin uh, has to get off. He has that frame. Um, his ability to kind of uh, rush the passer, dominate, you know, point of attack in front of him. I, I, you don't have to watch a lot of film to kind of know um, so much, but go watch the tape on Elijah Griffin. Go watch the tape on him. Watch him intercept a pass at six foot four and a half, 273 pounds, and run that thing back. That's not, that's not normal, folks. That's not normal. Also, testing. Uh, last year in San Antonio, so it had been one year from now. Last year, he ran a 5.09.40, and he had a 35-and-a-half-inch vertical. That's not normal either. So, uh, yeah, to answer your question, Jake, he's a, he's a can't-miss, got to have. Well, and I think, too, the other thing about it is you don't hear a lot of the Ohio State's mentioned with him and Justice Terry. You don't hear a lot of the – uh, USC's necessarily, you know, you, if you don't get these guys, you're going to be playing against these guys. And that's also, no doubt. 
that's what that's what that's what makes the you know when you talk about those must-have guys they're either with you or you're going to be trying to scheme to uh, to stop them at the next we all covered recruiting like 2013 2014 2015 we were all in that range how many times do we see Robert Kimdichie, Montrevious Adams, all of these guys come through this state and you go see them and go, oh, God, those are different dudes. Derek Brown. Derek Brown. And Georgia yeah. didn't get any of those guys. You know what I mean? They yeah, didn't get any- Trent, Trent Thompson in that in that time frame, that's the one guy they got. And as luck would have it, his body got just completely ravaged yeah. by injuries. But, you yeah. know, that was, you just know, that, yeah, you're right, 100%. And, 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 and that, that's where Georgia has to have, you know, they hit the Nolan Smiths, they hit the Trayvon Walker, they hit the Devontae White, they hit all those guys, but they also went and got a Jalen Carter and, and, and elite players out of state. But you got to start inside the state. And I think, uh, what did they do, first day out, hashtag the other day, they did the first day mm-hmm. out. You saw them in all these schools. And by the way, they got three weeks to hit these schools. So it wasn't just a one day. Uh, but, but, you know, you look at what the, the, the kind of the process of in-state first. And I know Georgia recruits nationally, but I have a feeling, man, that this NIL and some of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes, this class of 2025 is going to be is, – is very important to the state – to the University of Georgia because they can sign a lot of kids from in-state, man. And it means – I don't care what you say. End of the day, it means a little more, I think, to an in-state player that I'm not going to leave. I grew up watching this team. I grew up cheering for Georgia. I'm going to give it another year. You know, not saying anything against anybody outside because Georgia's had some great freaking players and key players. But I'm saying, end of the day, you want a kid to stay between year two and year three, maybe that in-state kid stays year three. And it's a rarity too to be this loaded in the trenches in state on both sides of the ball. That's that's what, that's what gets me about it, man. And like we've, had, we've had instances, yeah, absolutely. We've had instances over the last couple of years, um, you know, in the last 10 years when I've I've been involved with this, where you've had strong D-line classes or you've had some really good in-state guys on the offensive side of the ball. It's very rare that we've seen the confluence of both, and that can really shape that. I mean, everybody knows, I think, by this point, and I bring it up all the time. Kirby Smart mentioned it in the very first press conference he had when he was hired at the University of Georgia that we had to change the trenches at the University of Georgia. That's what he said. Get bigger. This is the exactly this is the chance to continue that legacy, and you've also got the ability to do it. Look, you the the reality of it is with those out-of-state guys, too. It's a haul to get there, man, to get in front of those guys, to do the evaluations, to let them know how much you care. They have the ability. Look, Savannah, they can get there like that, get back for supper, all right? So it's not the problem to uh, to get in front of these guys as much as you can, and that's another uh, key piece to this. I think that that really matters. I think that they're going to take full advantage of that, certainly. Uh, it's just so deep in state, man, and you know, I think that, uh, like you said, God, that that combo of Elijah Griffin and Justin Terry, man, uh, you just you can't draw them up much better than those two, man. That's a difference maker. One of those guys is a difference maker. Two of those guys is a nightmare. I don't want to get too far in that 2025 class. We're going to have so much, but I'm telling you, man, I was standing with Champ Bailey the night and we watched Elias Williams, some highlights, and he goes, oh, who, what is that? What is that? <laughs> yeah. That's 6'7", 220, my man, and he's committed to Georgia. Uh, and it's Darnell Washington, but oh, by the way, it's an athletic and fast Darnell Washington. So, you know, he's committed to Georgia, you know. So, uh, 2025, man, I've said it for about, you hit me about four or five months ago. It's like, wait a minute. Another, there's another one, and there's another one, and then there's another one. There's a lot of, uh, 
there's a lot of meat left on that bone in 2025, and we'll discuss it a bunch. I want to also yeah, take and, a chance. And, go, ahead, yeah, yeah, go ahead, Russ. By Tommy Reese uh, coming to Georgia, it's, that that is absolute zero point zero point zero point zero percent. I don't I don't even know where things like that start, but uh, you know, obviously, I think Washington's Alabama's new coach will probably bring his guy Grubbs with him, and Tommy Reese will end up somewhere else. But I had like ten people text me that today. Hey, is Tommy Reese coming as a co-offense coordinator? I'm like, man. It's been one of them days today, but that's. I'd that's have not- to. I mean, it, I mean, all field staff. Who knows? But definitely not his own field staff. Not from anything that we. Any yeah, no, 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 no disrespect to that guy. I mean, yeah. this guy could end up. He could end up in the office or something like that, and then that would be. That's kind of the path that people do. But I'm sure Tommy Reese is going to have opportunities some some places and, and see what he did and, and see where he goes. But that's not something that we're. And attracted. hey, Rust, if if we're going to hit that one, we might as well hit this one too. So what what's the word here? Well, that's that one got hot last couple hours. And here's the thing with, with T-Rob in Georgia. It, it, you kind of stick to facts on one of those. What do we know? Um, I know, check with my sources, he 100% signed with Georgia. Okay. Then Georgia announced him 100%. He changed all his social media stuff to Georgia. He's a coach at University of Georgia. Now, can things change between, uh, assume this morning and tonight? Yeah, this crazy world we live in it could but we have not heard anything on our end and that's including all of us to say that hey we need to go to our board and say you know this could happen now we, we always say never say never but we can report on our end what we know and still kind of expect you know never say never but everything i from what i was told you know i, I think he understood he would have had opportunity to go to stay at alabama when uh, they hire the new coach and sounds like he chose to go to Georgia. So it's something we'll follow, you know, something pops up, but until then there's no news and uh, fully expect him probably to be on the road this week, uh, maybe even tomorrow afternoon or certainly Tuesday for Georgia. If something changes, then it did, but at all indications that, that, that we've talked about kind of on a text the last hour or so, haven't heard anything that would make us kind of alarmed. Uh, yeah, right. I, I don't, I don't know that coaching uh, contracts are, necessarily the ironclad things that people uh, seem to be suggesting man i mean my god like kaylin DeBoer had a contract at the uh university of washington a couple days back things can change real quick but you know it's we haven't heard anything on our end to say hey we got but but as far as contracts you know we're trying to report what we know yep and uh when georgia announced him that that would be but listen Crazier things have happened. Until then, we're not really going to get too uh, too in deep on that. We'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. Just wanted to address those couple of questions because yep. those are interesting questions. I mean, that's, that's why you guys are here to kind of interact with us. And um, ultimately, you know, it's one of those things where we'll see where he's at on the road, and and that'll that'll tell us a lot too. So, um, all right. So let's look at further into this. You know, visitor list. Roosh, you had an update on a guy that Josh Newberg actually asked me about earlier today when I did a spot with him. Um, let's talk about this kid that's committed to Michigan cornerback. What's going on here? Yeah, Chris Ewald. Um, you know, a guy that uh, I don't know that we've talked a lot about in Georgia circles, but um, uh, top 100 player, top 75 player. In fact, Michigan commit uh, out of Chaminade, Madonna, one of the premier programs down there in Florida. Um, so he's playing against some of the best matched up against Jeremiah Smith on the regular, uh, the, the highly touted Ohio state signee, um, was in town this weekend and 
had some really, really positive things to say, primarily uh, focused around that hire of T-Rob and uh, the combination of he and Dante Williams. And I've had a chance now to speak to a couple guys, not just this weekend, but uh, in general about that combination. And that is something that's really ringing with guys, man. So, you know, the, the USC people, I don't know that they were totally heartbroken about losing Dante. Uh, given what happened in the secondary, you should go read the piece I did with Scott Schrader. Uh, where we talked a little bit about what happened at USC and maybe Dante. It sounded like a little bit handcuffed by the, the previous defensive staff in terms of what they wanted to do and his vision and all of that. Uh, these guys, though, regardless of how you feel about what they've done previously, an elite combination in the eyes of 2025 recruits. Um, I talked to six or seven guys in our recruits react piece uh, to the news of T-Rob. And that was the continuous thread was he and Dante together. I think, um, you know, a few people said, man, that's unfair. You know, like that's, that is a ridiculous combo to throw together. Coach, coach Andrews, we all know Ryan Andrews has been a long time yep. coach, coach in Metro Atlanta uh, tweeted that out. was like, Hey, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, no, and that's that has been the uh, consistent thing, man. I uh, I think that it's going to be, um, you know, a situation where you continue to hear those things about those guys. Ewald, though, um, you know, raved about this visit, really said it shifted things in terms of how he perceives Georgia moving forward. And uh, like you said, Rusty, uh, part of a visitor list that would certainly be a take. Chris Ewald is, is an elite, elite player for the class of 2025. He's not mm -hmm. the only one, but uh, I'm curious as to your thoughts on, on him as well. I haven't. I watched some tape on him today. I, I think the mo to me, what's what's fascinating is we take T Rob. We just got to we got to call him T Rob, and you take Dante from USC, and those two guys, the footprint they have on any defensive back across the country, Georgia's going to be legit in a lot of these battles. You know what I mean? So, um, and I also want to Chris Black uh, here, who's who's on here a lot, ask about uh, Jake Pope. And I, I want to touch on Jake Pope one more time because we did yesterday, but I want to touch on this one more time. Jake Pope was a four-star player. He got a bunch of offers, and Georgia recruited him heavily, heavily the first time out and didn't get him, went to Alabama. Uh, got to Alabama, played, got behind Caleb Downs, who is probably, what, a first-team All-American as a true freshman. Okay, so let's make that clear. He got behind a five-star Number one player, Gatorade player, state of Georgia last year. He got all kind of national awards, and he certainly backed it all up. So Jake Pope was behind him, and Jake Pope felt like he had to, you know, he wanted to get out and find a place to play. And don't think for one second that Kirby Smart, Glenn Schumann, and those guys took Jake Pope without information from T. Rob, who, who not only recruited him, signed him, and has coached him now for two years every single day. So I don't think our opinion of Jake Pope can really sway you either way, but understand the detail of what that staff knew about him. They recruited him in high school. Then they had college data to back up whatever they, whatever the thoughts were there. So I don't get really concerned. I understand why they brought him in. He's a 200 pound safety. Uh, he's a kid that's played in a high-profile program at Buford, played in some massive games. I'll never forget as a junior in the state championship game, he, he laid the wood on a kid from Lee County, and he caught the ball up, and Buford won the state championship on that play alone, on that fumble. Uh, and I saw him make some massive plays as a senior. So, you know, our opinion of Jake Pope, uh, we saw him in high school, certainly worthy of all the offers, but I know that Georgia for 100% was able to get all the information they wanted to get on Jake Pope. 
and uh, they took him. And and uh, I think North Carolina, Auburn, some other schools were in the mix, but uh, Georgia needed another safety, and Jake Pope was there, and he fit the mold at the time, and, and they took it. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy who's going to be able to function so well within their system. And, you know, I made the joke on the board, can you really trust the opinion of the guy who recruited him heavily and coached him every single day for two years? I mean, yeah. I think that could, is there a better sign-off that you could get on the kid than that? And if you want yeah. to endear yourself to Georgia fans even further, there's a great clip of him rattling the chicklets of Jermaine Burton mm-hmm. on the sideline, too. I didn't say so, long I mean, <laughs> just say, But think about that, Roos, like what you're talking about. You're going to a new place. T-Rob's going yeah. to walk in that building. And they're going to say, "Hey, I'm I'm bringing Jake Pope with me. You're signing off, you know. Yeah. You're you're co-signing. Like this is this is a made man kind of. You know what I mean? Like I'm good. Let's do it, and uh, we can bring him. So, you know that, that I think the the concerns there really, um, you know, shouldn't be. You know, I, I this staff man has earned the right to. We don't even argue anymore. Like when they uh, they offer a three star, we're like, okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah, you know that they're not going to take anybody. University of Georgia, Kirby Smart will not take anyone without some data to back it up. I mean, you're either going to work out for him and that staff, and they're going to see you in person twice, and then they're going to watch you play basketball, Lad McConkey, in January, and they'll check every box they can check until they get a, they get an eval. Uh, are they perfect? They're not perfect. But I'll be damned if they, you, you're not going to hide anything in front of them. They're going to they're gonna know everything as much as they can about you uh, before they sign you. All right. I see the caption right there. Uh, Ryan Puglisi is cold according to a to a couple of georgia players uh this kind of came out today um a little tiktok thing there with aaron murray uh warren brinson i'm not sure who the other player was i didn't recognize him uh i didn't either right off the bridge. yeah I, I i'm not 100 sure who it was but uh suffice it to say that cold um different cold than i was this morning uh <laughs> whenever i took the trash out early this morning um i know that uh Ryan Puglisi apparently has has impressed some folks at practice at Georgia. Um, in the video uh, that you can see, uh, I can't pull it up because I'm not as good as Palmer at all this. Uh, but I will say in that video, they talk about how 707 guys were forgetting to go in when they were supposed to go in and rotate in because they just kind of got caught watching Ryan Puglisi throw the football. The only practice, um, only had two practices. So yeah. just think about that. Think about the kind of the impact that he was able to have. He only had two practices, and he don't know one damn play. Probably know right. what he Yeah, says. working off the card. Just working yeah. off the card. Just looking at that. I remember it, dude, holding that card up. All right, y'all got it? You got it? All right. Yeah. <laughs> You're running that route, and, and look. Yeah. Here, go right here. And shut 100%. up. We're going on two. Shut up. Going yeah. To. yeah. And, 100%. Mind you, and mind you, I, th- I think people forget this sometimes about Ryan Puglisi. Kid was playing – eight games in his season in high school playing in the in the boarding school leagues in connecticut now i listen i'm not saying the football is bad i'm saying you don't see a lot of the guys in the from the boarding school league on sec rosters okay i mean it's just not something that we're we're used to seeing so he comes in to hear him come in and make make those guys kind of aware off the rip is pretty impressive i think uh Given given the background, and uh, you know he's yeah. he's been an exceptional talent, and he's been under some great coaching. There's no question about that. But to acclimate and to catch the eye of some of these guys who've been around Carson Beck, who've been around Stetson Bennett, have seen this done at a high level, and for them to offer up those comments, yeah. I, I thought that was pretty telling. Man, upperclassmen don't they don't hand out they don't hand no. out 
no, no, that's the last thing they want to be doing is to talk about a damn freshman that just had two yeah. practices. But to, to, to say that, you know what I mean? To talk about that, that tells you a lot. Cause you know how it is when you're an upperclassman and some little young punk comes in here. Last dumb thing you want to do is talk about him on your podcast. But uh, I've told you all along, I've told every one of you, I've told this podcast. I had spent three days with him in Nashville, the NIL elite series. Um, I've been around him a little bit, uh, did a radio interview with him on the SEC championship. This kid's wired. Now, I don't know what's going to happen when everything's live in SEC football, but I've been around long enough to know that how you're wired going into college has a lot of determination yeah. on you. And this kid checks them. I'm telling you, he checks the boxes. He's athletic. He's big. He's confident in himself. He's not cocky. He could care less about the recruiting process. Uh, he picked Georgia, and he wanted to go to Georgia, and he wanted to play here. And uh, he wants this job and he wanted a job when when nobody was committed, but him and Dylan Raiola committed. He didn't care. Never, never flinched. And uh, did spend some time with him last May and his family in Nashville. And one night we were just sitting there talking and I said, who's on you the hardest? And he said, Ohio State. I said, well, what do you tell him? He said, I finally need to tell him to quit calling. You know, I said, look, out of respect, I said, look, guys, I, you know, I'm going to Georgia. I don't care who they have and who's committed. I'm going to Georgia. And I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take a shot at that job. And I knew right then I said this dude is this dude's wired different now. Yeah. And listen, you know, you talk about that being wired different, right? Mm. Years ago, um, I ne I'll never forget it. I talked to somebody, talked to one of my one of my you know most trusted folks, the the sources, and I said, Hey, who's impressing so far? He's like, Well, we hadn't done anything but winter workouts thus far. But I tell you what, there's something about Andrew Thomas. Like he's there's a seriousness, there's a business like, there's a maturity there that you don't find. So bam, there's Andrew Thomas, right? Enough said. Uh, you know, Andrew Thomas got enough money to start a bank, basically. All right. So because he's that good. Well, then you you fast forward a couple years, heard the same thing about the Kobe Dean, Buckus Award winner. Heard the exact same thing about Nolan Smith. First Trayvon. round pick. Trayvon. Yeah. I mean, I, I never heard it about Trayvon, but wouldn't surprise me, you know. I mean, Bruce and I, Bruce and I talk about Trayvon's dad sometimes. You know, we just talk about how how we're glad we never have to fight that man. Uh, but Trayvon is 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 a stud too in a lot of different ways. You know, he's I mean, great kid, great person, great uh, football player, high effort, everything. But you're right. I mean that that whole like you come in with with the right mindset, with the right attitude, and and everybody's got gifts, man. Everybody's yep. got the, everybody's athletic. Everybody's long and strong and, and, you know, fast. Hey, everybody's, hey, yeah, hey, everybody's really good. Everybody's high hip with long arms and big hands. So it's, it's, how do you come in with, with, you know, in terms of mentally and, and are you ready to work? Are you ready to take all this stuff really seriously? Because you've really got a limited window to kind of build a resume for yourself. And um, like y'all said, I mean, the, the part of this I couldn't, I could not agree with more is a guy like Warren Brinson, who, by the way, announced that he's coming back for his fifth season at the University of Georgia. Massive, massive. I mean, listen, we'll get into this in a minute. I, I could have sworn that Zion Logue, Nazir Stackhouse, Warren Brinson were out the door when the season ended. And that was one of our big things on predicting so much activity for Georgia in the defensive line portal. Um, but Warren Brinson's not trying to carve out time out of his day to make sure he gives Ryan Paclisi his flowers. I guarantee you, especially out of two practices. So um, yeah. huge there. And listen, it's not the first time I've heard that. It's just I'm always hesitant to 
you know, we blow quarterback out of proportion in this business and mm. you hear good things about a quarterback. I'm not running back to tell everybody what I heard about it. Cause I'm not trying to set that kid up to, to do some things because man, it gets blown out of proportion, but let's get into the, let's get into Warren Brinson coming back. I, I think we all expected it, but now that it's official rusty, what are your thoughts? Just, just, could go deep into this, not really going to go deep. You get an experienced defensive lineman back, grown-ass man, um, a year better. I, I thought at times Warren Brinson uh, was that disruptor. He was the one guy at that front four that was the disruptor, could get off blocks, get upfield. How many times he had penetration that may not have quite gotten the sack or tackle for a loss, but he was right there. And that's kind of uh, what you expect to see out of a Georgia defensive line. And uh, I think Warren Brinson coming back with another year – I think he's got a chance to really help himself in an NFL draft. I don't know what his grade was, but uh, I think I don't think people when they see Warren Brinson in person like him, and he's a big dude, man. He is put together. Uh, he is really put together. Like he doesn't look like a just some slob, you know, lineman. I mean, this guy's put together and uh, he's chiseled up, and he, he's going to be impressive. But another year for him, it's another. Uh, it's a kid come a long way too, man. I mean. The, the first year reports out of him was kind of a lot of immaturity and 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 really could have went either way either way I think with his career and everything I've heard the last like two years like this guy has really taken that step forward he's become a man over there he's become a leader in that locker room uh, he plays great and that's kind of the evolution of most people you know going to college you know what I mean you you mature and you go through go through four or five years at University of Georgia obviously you if you're playing. Uh, you've done something. So I think Warren Brinson, I think that guy is going to be a, a a big deal. And, and coming back for Georgia, uh, I think it's a uh, it's a big, big deal on that defensive line. Bruce, how long ago does it seem like you were covering Warren Brinson's recruitment? Uh, six months. Because six, didn't he didn't he commit to Georgia, decommit, and then come back? Uh, yeah, that's right. I forgot yeah. about the decommitment. Um yeah, but I mean, I, it never felt like to me that he was like ser- like he ever seriously entertained it. Did he decommit? Was that Marlon Dean? Marlon did decommit. Marlon Dean decommitted. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Warren Brinson did too, though. He might have. He might have. I, I think Warren Brinson did as well. Yeah. Could have. Yeah. I don't know. That's it. That's I, 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 I say right. six months because it feels like his career has flown by, but I, <laughs> that part of it I don't really recall. Gotcha. Um, but you talked to Russell, you talked about the depth earlier uh, on the defensive line. They've done a fantastic job of bringing back some guys who, you know, listen, I, I know that people are, are saying, where's the Jalen Carter? Where's the Jordan Davis? Look, these guys are just, are just as important in terms of that depth, in terms of building that. Are they the same game disruptors? Maybe not. And, and maybe they haven't shown that. Uh, I'm not saying that they can't be, right? But these guys are such important and crucial pieces in terms of leadership, in terms of playmaking ability. You'll look at the PFF grades on, uh, on Warren Brinson a standout there one of the best in the country uh in terms of what he was able to do there uh an impact maker when he's on the field i think it's just a huge gift for him just in so many regards it's not just about what he's able to do on the field like you said the maturity the way they do things the understanding the system it's all there man and bringing in a crop of young guys on this defensive line a ton of them including that transfer xavier mcleod who people think the world of think the ceiling is so high for He's an inexperienced guy by all accounts, right? I mean, he he didn't finish that year up at South Carolina. So they've got a lot of young bodies coming in here, some talented guys, but they're going to have to really have to figure out how 
Georgia operates, guys like Warren Brinson, guys like Nazir Stackhouse, those guys are going to be able to kind of hammer that message home. Warren Brinson did decommit from Georgia. He um, he committed to Georgia originally in the fall, and then he decommitted uh, a few months later, and it stayed that way for about three or four or five months. He took a uh, – I think he – I remember him visiting, I think, South Carolina and Florida. I think South Carolina was the school that maybe they thought they were going to get him, and then he re, you know recommitted to Georgia, I think, before the start of that season, hung in there tight. That's but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's – like I said, I mean, Rusty and I talked. Uh, I remember doing the show when the portal opened. Like, hey, Rusty, what's Georgia's biggest need, right? Defensive yep. line. Absolutely. They're going to add th two, three, maybe four defensive linemen. Well, they added to, They added at least a couple, Nazir Stackhouse and Warren Brinson, that they that they weren't expecting to get. A couple Correct. of one-year dudes. And, uh, and, and you know, then they got Xavier McLeod. I still don't know that they're done. I still don't think they're done. I think if the right guy gets in there, they're going to go get him. And uh, we'll get to that point, you know, down the road. But uh, all right, let's move into uh, what we do every Sunday: do dog stocks. We have got our dog stocks tonight. And uh, Roos, I don't know if you've been thinking about them. Sometimes these sneak up on us, like uh, like uh, Warren Brinson's career. They sneak <laughs> snuck up on us. Just, I mean, just five years flew right by. Um, was drunk most of it, probably. But yeah. all right, so <laughs> <laughs> that is correct, sir. Uh, <laughs> what uh i'm stalling what's your dog stock it's like right. jake on jake on dog bark after dark like it sometimes is, i is. just need to just need to talk until we can think of a good question sure no uh my dog stock tonight man is the returns that we got off of this weekend uh when you're talking to these guys um had a chance to talk to tavion wallace had a chance to talk to bryce davis um had a chance to talk to chris ewald ethan barber the georgia committed tight end um the message is resoundingly the same, and that's that Georgia continues to be Georgia. Tavion Wallace said one of the things that really struck me um, in our uh, time together. He said, Georgia wants to win in every aspect. He said, it's in the classroom, it's in the weight room, it's on the field, it's off the field, in the community. It doesn't matter what they're doing. They want to win. He said, a lot of schools are content to win a few games and just hold there. He said, Georgia is trying to outperform each and every day. And I know that sounds cliche, but when you're able to get guys, young guys, to buy into that and to see that, that shows that there's a little bit more proof to the pudding. They're not just saying that. That's just something that's coming across when these guys have a chance to be on campus. So um, the returns on junior day number one for 2024, massive. I think we'll feel the implications from this one be wide-reaching. I think that you'll continue to see activity come off of this one. Um, I know that we've got some updates coming from Jeremy Johnson. I've got some stuff coming as well here in the next couple of days with some of these guys as well. But the message is huge. And I think, too, when you're talking about the way that Georgia has been able to replace a guy like Fran Brown, just an absolute dynamic recruiter, uh, incredible. Uh, you, you bring in a guy like Dante Williams, so respected as a recruiter, guys rave about it. Then Will Muschamp says, hey, I'm going to move to an off-field role, going to be an analyst, and you bring in T-Rob, a succession plan that you probably couldn't have drawn up any better. Um, I think that those things have really rung with these kids. It's not a situation. I mean, how many? if you guys have seen it out there, correct me, have you seen anybody who said, oh, my God, I can't believe, how will Georgia function now that Will Muschamp is gone? It's been a consistent, what a hire. What if what a what a what a uh, go to go get T Rob to fill a spot like that? It's like they didn't miss a beat, man. I think that that's where my stock is this week. The train keeps rolling. Stock is high on Georgia recruiting in the 2025 class. 
they knocked it out of the park for uh, the first junior day. Rusty, what you got? Um, I'll go with uh, Georgia as far as um, recruiting kind of philosophy and what they did Friday with the tweets. And uh, I thought that was really cool. And that's the first I've seen of that from a school. Uh, the first day out, hashtag, taking the pictures of all the schools they were at. How cool was that to kind of to see them, more importantly, in, in state. You know, they were in state and you could see where they were. And, you know, I kind of put a tweet out about Bobo, you know, Thomasville graduate going into Thomas County Central and and some Thomas County Central staff texted me and they were like, we, we, we let him in for a minute, but he didn't get to stay too long. You know what I mean? But uh, kind of to see Georgia do that and Kirby Smart get involved with that. And then you see Kirby Smart like Friday night at like eight o'clock. And it's kind of one of them deals where he, I don't know if he did it on purpose, but it was dark and it was like eight o'clock and he tweets one out from Alpharetta High School going to watch Ethan Barber play basketball. And it's like Kirby's let everybody know, look, I'm not done, dude. Y'all, I know y'all probably in the car trying to get back to Athens. I'm still out. You know what I mean? So I thought that was really cool how they uh, did that and how they kind of blanketed the state and you kind of could see where they were all, see where they went all day and uh, didn't do any players, didn't do anything illegal. Just let you know that, Hey, they were out and they were in state really cool to, to, to track that and keep up with it. I thought too, Rusty, uh, I meant to say this earlier, but I think that it's, it's one of those things people, you know, I, we got a lot of questions. What are they doing at this school? What are they, Mm-hmm. They don't have. They don't have. There does not have to be a prospect at that school, right? No, they are, they are, exactly. They are laying the groundwork, man, for to stay in touch with these high school coaches. Yep. Those guys, those guys move around a lot, but they also want them to let them know that they support their programs, that they're behind them, man. And I think that that's that rings true with those staffs as much as it does these kids, man. First day, first day out. That was the first day they could be on the road, and where, and where was the entire staff in Georgia? Yeah, in Georgia. So kind of gets yeah. that resonates. You know what I mean? Like we're going to start here. This is our state. Uh, they got three weeks, uh, so they'll have tomorrow. A few schools they'll be able to hit tomorrow, but most schools can't. So they'll have twelve. They'll have nineteen more days. They can be on the road, and that's it. Nineteen more days until May. So uh, and Kirby Smart can't be back on the road until after September next. So he's got nineteen days. He can see as many kids he can see. So I'm sure he will be. A busy dude. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I'm going to go stock up on dogs in the NFL. Um, obviously, the Packers won earlier today. A uh, handful of Bulldogs there: Devontae White, Quay Walker, Eric Stokes. Um, and I, I'm not. I don't think I'm missing anybody there, but I could be. Uh, a couple of guys with the Chiefs last night: uh, Malik Harry, Miko Hardman. Uh, saw Miko getting hot last night after getting interfered with uh, on a on a pass where I think he should have scored a touchdown. Um, so that's there. Uh, listen, Georgia's got – I don't know what the streak is right now, but they got the longest active streak of a, of a player in the Super Bowl. And uh, I'm telling you, with with the Eagles still in this thing, with the 49ers still in this thing, uh, you know, Ravens, you know, you look at the two top seeds, both of them have Bulldogs. So a uh, lot going on here in the NFL playoffs, and it's something that um, – I mean, I, 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 there are a few things I enjoy as much as I enjoy the NFL playoffs. One of them is Major League Baseball playoffs, especially when the Braves are in it. I, but I can I can do NFL playoffs without a dog in the fight because you know there's a lot of bulldogs in there, and I want to see if that streak's going to be kept alive. And it's in it's in good shape right now. It's in really good shape, and a big win for the Packers today to beat the Cowboys. I can't say that. Uh, um, I'm sorry for all you Cowboy fans out there. That makes me kind of happy. I got a, I got a, I got a question for you, Jake Rowe, right now. Yeah. Okay. All right. I need a yes or no. 
for 50-yard line, four 50-yard line Super Bowl tickets in the bleachers, or would you have watched the second half last night in Kansas City with your shirt off? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm saying uh, ooh, ooh, uh, I mean the, the, the no, he's, already rubbing, he's already rubbing like yeah. <laughs> I'm just I'm just thinking about I'm trying to think of what kind of materials I could have cut, you know, like what kind of what Dude, kind titanium. of titanium. 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 That is for sure. Once, um, once you didn't die, it would be the greatest trip of your life for Super Bowl tickets. But man. Good that Lord. second half last night, those boys looked. Have you ever seen? I, I, I let me ask both of you this: Have you have you ever seen a helmet crack like Mahomes has done? No, no was, I've never that seen was, that. I also wow. I don't know if y'all noticed this or not. They did those post game interviews. The stadium was empty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they did, oh, they did those, that post game interview like fifteen yeah. to fifteen minutes after the game. That place was empty. I've never seen people get out of there so fast in my life. Uh, th that was a concourse you couldn't wait to get in with a thousand people and just start start feeling people's breath on your neck. <laughs> I mean, that was that 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 had to be a good feeling. All right, guys, we'll be back with you tomorrow night with Bark After Dark, provided that uh, Jake Roost does not get caught in a winter blizzard. Um, oh. If he does, he does, and and you know I may just come on here and start saying stuff. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> but then uh, Tuesday morning, me and Rusty will be back with you. Thursday morning, we will be back with you here on this. Uh, on this uh, channel. We appreciate every single one of you. Like and subscribe. Come on over to Dogs HQ. We got information for you. But for this episode, we're done. We'll see you later.